So the upside to apprenticeship and paid on the job training is the fact that it's paid. Somebody else is taking on that risk for you. And so you no longer are assuming the risk of learning while not getting paid. Someone else has skin in the game. Someone else is invested in your outcome because they are outlaying money in order for you to learn. There are no rules. No rules. You're listening to Degree Free on the Degree Free Network, where we talk about how to teach yourself, get work, and make money. No degree needed. Here are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. Aloha, folks, and welcome back to Degree Free, where we teach you how to get hired without a college degree. We are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. It is great to have you back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. As always, folks, Ryan and I are stoked to have you with us today. We are. We are always stoked, as always. And let's jump into today's topic. Today, we are going to be talking about five ways to gain your first work experience. You might be going through this. You might have gone through this. Or you might even have a kid or a child of yours who's also going through this. You apply to a job, you finally get an interview, and then after the interview, they're like, well, maybe if you had a little bit more experience. Or we're looking for someone with a little more experience. Exactly. What's so difficult about that is like, well, if you give me the job, then I'll have more experience. And usually it's entry-level roles that will be saying this to you as well. So we're trying to solve the problem. Like, how are we supposed to get a job if you don't have experience? Like, if all of these jobs are requiring, and once again, as I always do, I'm putting that in quotes, how are we supposed to get a job that requires experience when you don't have any? So today, we are going to be breaking down the five ways to gain experience out there. And so you can use these different ways, either yourself or as I said, your child as young as working age can do any one of these five different methods to gain your first experience. We're gonna start with the more obvious ways and then work our way down to the less obvious ways to get work experience. The obvious ways, the first one is gonna be get a job. This is degree-free pathway number one. For those that don't know about the degree-free pathways, there are five different things that you can do if you're thinking about not going to college or you're thinking about making a career change and you don't wanna go back to college to do so. And it's gonna be the five degree-free pathways. I won't belabor all of them here, but number one is get a job. If you want to learn more about the degree-free pathways, you can go to degreefree.co forward slash pathways. You can take a free course that we made for you. And then I will also put links to different podcast episodes for these things at degreefree.co forward slash podcast in the show notes. Getting a job is obviously the best way to get experience because you're getting paid to learn a skill. Yeah, exactly. As long as you can land that job with whatever experience you have right now, then you take that, you learn, you gain the experience, you're getting paid. We're not going to belabor how to get a job or why you should get a job. That's pretty much the entire point of this entire podcast. But if you want to take our seven day get hired challenge to get hired and get out of the job that you're in now, you can go to degreefree.co forward slash get hired. Or you can sign up for our job change accelerator course at degreefree.co forward slash job change. 
although we're not going to spend a lot of time on it, the way that you can convince someone to give you a job so you can get experience is that you can convince them that you bring other unique experience to the job, not necessarily the type they're looking for, but a type that adds value. You can do this by making sure that you hit this home in the interview and on your resume. Yeah. And you want to make sure that you are focusing on the future. What happens a lot of times is you focus on the past and you focus on not having that experience, but instead you focus on the future and what the experience that you have now, how you can use that and bring that to their business. That's what's important. A couple of other ways when you're thinking about getting a job and you don't have an experience, the first is going to a less crowded market. The less crowded market has less competition and therefore less competition means a higher likelihood that you get that job and therefore you can get that experience. The second thing is if you're already working in a role, then possibly just looking for opportunities to move up and learn new skills. That's one of the things that is really common in all the degree-free guests that we have on is that they take the opportunities that they have in front of them to learn new skills. They say, okay, well, I'm doing this job currently, but then how about I go and cross-train and learn this thing? And then I learned this thing and I learned this thing. And in the more that you do that, then you're gaining skills and experience in all of these related areas that you can then put on your resume to get another job. This usually works better in smaller companies and not bigger companies, smaller companies, just because you wear more hats. They there. need more help. Exactly. And they don't have as defined structured departments. For me, I did that. I was trying to gain experience in other things while I was a dishwasher at my very first job, like this was my very first job. So I didn't have experience in anything. And so they taught me how to be a dishwasher. And I was like, okay, well, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. Or at least I don't want to do this for a long time. And so I just asked them, they, Hey, can I be a cook instead? And they were like, well, we need somebody to wash the dishes. And I was like, okay, well, can I like do both? Can I cross train? And then they were like, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. As long as you wash the dishes too. So then I was able to train as a cook while I also wash dishes. So that is prevalent in every job that you can do. I did this when I was trying to get my first bartending job, actually. I tried to apply at this really busy bar and they wouldn't hire me because I had no bartending experience. So what I did was I went down the street to a bar that nobody wanted to work at and I applied as a bartender there with no experience. And they were a lot less picky because as you said, less crowded market, smaller business. So I went down the road and I worked at that place until I had enough experience to reapply at the busy bar that I actually wanted to work at. And what do you know? They hired me. Matt Walters, who is a degree-free engineer that came on this show. I'll link his show in the show notes, degreefree.co forward slash podcast. But you can go back and listen to his story. He talks about how he worked his way up from a pool tech all the way to where he is now as an engineer because of doing this at the beginning. He didn't have any experience with anything. So he got the initial job as the pool tech. And then he just started learning more and learning more and learning more and gaining that experience, eventually becoming a building engineer, eventually becoming the next step up and the next step up. And that's how he got to where he is. And so it's a really, really effective way to gain your first experience in those roles or in anything that you want to do. I highly suggest people go listen to that episode too, because it was really good. And so moving on, the second way that we can gain our first experience is we can find an apprenticeship or on-the-job training. This is degree-free pathway number two. If you go 
to degreefree.co for slash pathways. You can learn all about it there. Okay. So the upside to apprenticeship and paid on the job training is the fact that it's paid. Somebody else is taking on that risk for you. And so you no longer are assuming the risk of learning while not getting paid. Someone else has skin in the game. Someone else is invested in your outcome because they are outlaying money in order for you to learn. That's a really good position to be in. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Degree Free Podcast. At Degree Free, we want to help everyone thrive and succeed without needing a college degree. And the only way to truly reach everyone is with your help. If you're getting value out of this episode, or if this is your second, third, or fourth episode that you're tuning into, if you could just ship this to a friend, just click that one button and share it with someone in your contacts or on your stories. It would mean the world to us and more importantly, gets our message out to more people who need help getting out of their current situation. If you could do that right now, that would mean a whole lot. What's also good about this compared to getting the job is that usually with apprenticeships and on-the-job training, when you go in and make an arrangement like this, is that they know that you are green. They know that you don't have a lot of experience. Whereas getting a job is really good, but this is also good as well. It might even be better, even though you might get paid a little bit less, but then you can be very honest and forward that you don't know anything or you don't have experience in this yet. Yeah, structured for learning, which is part of the positive, which is that there are a lot of programs set up to teach you how to actually do this skill and your learning is a lot more comprehensive because it's structured to allow you the time and the leeway to actually explore and learn and get good at the skills that you need to work on. On. The downside is that if you feel you've mastered the skill, you do have to finish what you're doing. And so even if you feel you could go and get work now, you still have to complete the program before you go off on your merry way. Now, a lot of people when they hear apprenticeships or on the job training, they immediately think of the trades and write it off. But that is just not the case anymore. Apprenticeships are coming back in a big way. And you can see them now, especially in high demand fields in tech. That's where they're really coming back. There's a lot of cybersecurity. There's a lot of software development programs that are all paid and they will let you learn skills while you're working for a company. And then lots of large corporations like IBM, Deloitte, and even Lockheed Martin are all starting their own apprenticeship programs and expanding them from the smaller ones that they previously had because they've been so successful and there's such a high retention of employees. And they're so skilled because they train them. Yeah, they're finding that it's actually cheaper to train you up from the bottom than it is to take their chances on a college graduate or somebody that gained experience in a different way. They figured if we can create a training program and then we can create an apprenticeship program, gain their experience, gain their knowledge, and then put them to work afterwards, that is a much better outcome for us, which is why they do it. Yeah. And with great success too, because as, as I said, their retention rates for their apprenticeship programs are extremely high. So there's essentially two ways to get these apprenticeship or on-the-job training programs. You apply for them like a job, it's the same process, or you can build your own. And this is where you would approach somebody that has the skill set that you want or the experience, access to the experience that you want, and then you offer to work for them and see if there's some way you can come up with a deal where you pay them or they pay you or whatever in order for you to get access to either their knowledge or the experience that they are able to let you have. 
Yeah, it's a really powerful way to do it because with the programs that are regimented and that you apply to just like a job, the competition is really high. Extremely, because everyone wants to get paid $58 an hour to learn how to develop software. So if you go to the BYOA is what we call it for short, which is build your own apprenticeship. If you go to that, there's a lot less competition, which means there's a higher likelihood that you would actually get that job, that you would actually get that apprenticeship. The thing is, is that a lot of business owners are very busy working in their business, right? They're working in it and they're busy fulfilling the products and services to get whatever it is done. A lot of them need help but they might not have the money to pay full price for somebody. And then two, they don't have the time to put up a listing and be like, I need somebody, I need a hire. And then they have to go through that whole process. But if you go there and you say, hey, I like what you're doing. I would love to learn the skill. I don't have this skill of this exact thing that you're doing, but I have all these other skills and here's how I can help you in that. If you could teach me how to do what you're doing for this wage, usually smaller than market value, you would say, I will stick on for a while, right? Because that's what they're concerned about. They're concerned about you leaving if they're going to train you. So, and be like, yep, I'll stay on. And they'll be like, sure. Sounds good. Instead of having to go to Craigslist and write an ad and go to Facebook and write an ad or indeed or whatever, and say, I'm looking for this. And then now they get a flood of 200 applications. They got to sift through it all. Then they got to schedule interviews and then they got to figure it all out. They don't have time for that. Make a plan, go to them. Exactly. That is one of the best ways to do it. So, and yeah, as Ryan said, there's no one competing with you because you created it out of thin air. Now, for on-the-job training, you are going to look the same way you're going to look for apprenticeships, which is like jobs. You're just going to search by job title or by industry. You can also think about careers that have paid opportunities with them. A good example that Ryan can speak to is firefighting. Yeah. For me, firefighting, I went to a program that actually hired me and they did on-the-job training. So I was literally getting paid for eight months to learn how to do my job. And then four months after my recruit training program was over, I spent another four months in the field actually doing the job. So for a year, I got paid to basically train. And they understood that I was new. They understood that I was just Joe Schmo off the street and that I didn't know how to be a fireman. I didn't know how to run into burning buildings or I didn't know how to do CPR. I never did any of those things before, but they were okay with that. So you just have to find different career paths or different jobs that have this paid training aspect to it. Once again, it's a really good way to just lower the risk and actually get paid while you're learning. Number three is signing up for a course or a boot camp that specifically has an experience element to it. This can be a really good learning option because you'll get structured experience while you are actually learning. The problem with these, and for anyone that's tried to teach themselves how to code or anything like that, will know that a lot of times these programs, because they are programs, are structured to be the same. So they may have you solving the same problem. They may have you solving the same problem as everyone else. They may have you solving a problem that's really boring, uninteresting, and unvaluable. And if they pick the wrong problem to have you solve to show your skills, that will be unattractive to companies. To illustrate that, you might go to a coding bootcamp, right? And this coding bootcamp, the project that they have you create is they have you create a Twitter clone. And then you go and you create a Twitter clone. And then 
everybody else that ever came through that program also created a Twitter clone. One, it doesn't differentiate you and it's not incredibly valuable considering that depending on what the nature of the work that you want to get. If you want to work on threads, creating a Twitter clone makes a lot of sense. But if you want to go and do... Neuralink. Yeah, maybe creating a Twitter clone makes no sense at all. These programs, these courses and these boot camps that have these experience elements built into it, they can be very good. It really just depends. So that's going to have to be part of your vetting process when you are thinking about going to one of these courses or boot camps and thinking about how valuable really is this experience that they are giving me or that they're providing. If you're looking at several of these options now and you're trying to consider which one to pick, make sure you ask. Ask them if they say, we do real life experiences. We build real projects. Ask them what the projects are and then see if they're applicable to your end goal as far as what job you're trying to get. Are they going to be working on like real life problems for real life businesses? Because some programs are hooked into real life businesses and you actually work on those things. And then some programs, they will say, okay, this is what happened one time. And then they will set up your instance or whatever to mimic that, but it's not the actual problem, but it was an actual problem. It's kind of like the Harvard case study method of learning for the MBA program for Harvard. They go through a business scenario for like American Airlines went through this decision and here's the decision that they made, like validate that decision or what would you do if you were given this amount of things and then they- Like a legal test almost. And then they talk through what happened. I'm explaining this completely terribly, but they get a case study, they get literally this is what happened and they study how they made the decision, why it was good or bad. It could be that similar thing for you. They could just be creating a sandbox for you to do this. And I'm talking about if you were going to like a coding boot camp or if you were going to like a Salesforce thing, they'll create a scenario for you based off of something that did happen, but it's not really real life. And then you gain your experience here. And that's what the experience is. Yeah. So no right or wrong to this. You just need to know what you're looking for in a program so that you can get what you need out of it. Yeah. And like you said, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just what you prefer and the best of what you make it. Because at the end of the day, when you come out of one of these programs, it's still up to you to get a job. Like You have to go and do it. You have to sell your experience, whatever that experience is, to your future employer. So before we move on to the less obvious ways to gain your first experience, and we have a couple more to get through, I did want to say if you would like to receive a short weekly email that has different degree-free jobs to degree-free opportunities, and how you can get hired without a college degree, go to degreefree.co forward slash newsletter to sign up for our newsletter. Getting into less obvious ways to earn experience, we should talk about contract work. I love contract work. I think this is such a good hack that a lot of people do not know about. But essentially, contract work is finding a job, but you are not going to be an employee of the company. This is really good because it's at will employment, meaning you can terminate yourself from this company or they can terminate you at any point. So there's a high level of risk as opposed to a W-2 job. But you'll find that contract work is essentially doing the same job as somebody in a W-2 position. You're just paid differently. So you're going to get a wide variety of experience this way. And the real upside of contract work is people get hired quickly. The downside is they get fired quickly also. 
but you get hired really quick. So if you're looking to get experience in a specific field, finding contract work is like your golden ticket. Yeah, absolutely. Finding contract work can be a real cheat code in gaining your first experience. There are a lot of companies that are trying to scale teams really, really quickly, and they need to just hire, 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 hire. It can be for short contracts. So like a three-month contract is not a long contract. You are going to be basically as soon as you get in there, you're going to be looking for another contract unless you can re-up with them. But if you have zero experience in this field or you're concerned with wanting to get more experience, then doing a contract in that way can really help. Because if they're looking for a three-month contract, let's say, it's likely that they're not going to vet you very, very well. Because they're just like, we have a very narrow scope of a project that needs to get done in this domain. And we're going to get it done within three months. We need to hire somebody right now. And they hire you and then you get it done. Yeah. Contract work is really a hidden gem in this experience department. It's my favorite one on this list for sure. The only problem with contract work is that you're not an employee, right? So for people that need all the employee benefits. Yeah, not a good fit for them. Right. Unless you can get your benefits from somebody else. Say if you are a minor or you're a dependent and you can get your insurance and your benefits from your parents or from your spouse, that's huge. That's really your sweet spot, actually. What's crazy about this whole thing that we got into, right? Degree free and helping people change their life by changing their career, helping people get work without a college degree. We have a lot of intimate conversations with people about the way that their family structures look and the way that their work looks. What's interesting about that is how many people have never talked to their spouse about- Their benefits. Yes. And about consolidating their benefits. For you and me, it's a little weird that people are not having these conversations because you and I had these conversations while you and I were just engaged already. We were like, well, how are we going to deal with benefits? How are we going to do that when we get married and things like that? And so for a lot of people, they haven't even thought about, well, my husband works a full-time W-2 role. He has benefits. I can get my benefits through his job and through his work. And then I don't have to have benefits and I can work a contract role. Yeah, it's crazy. And especially having these conversations with people who I see they're both on both of their health insurances and they're healthy and they don't need it. And it's not so much something they decided to do as something they just didn't decide not to do. And it's so interesting because usually one of them has a skill that I see in the market could earn them quite a bit of money if one of them was a contract worker and they would have more at their disposal and they could just consolidate to their one healthcare plan. Anyway, it's just interesting though. I always see that and I wish more people knew that they might want to look into leveraging those things. Right. And look, this isn't advice. Yeah, we're not telling people how to live their lives. It's just interesting. On that, because your dynamic could be different the way that you structure a household. My main point is just have the conversation and be intentional about the way that you're setting your life up. A lot of the people that we talk to have just never thought about it. They could just, never, oh yeah, well, I guess he does have insurance. And then I guess I do have insurance. They say, well, why don't you just go on his plan? And then they're like, oh, well, I don't know. We just never thought about it, which is mind blowing to me. For a lot of people, the answer is like, oh, well, his family plan is more expensive because he actually gets his single individual insurance for free. And then therefore I take care of 
myself and the kids. And then like, as long as you have an answer to it and you know why, and you know the reason it's all good. I think that's for those listening, having that conversation about like, Hey, do we know who's has the benefits and why? Right. Exactly. That's the way that we've structured our life. When we were first becoming entrepreneurs and we were first delving into having to be responsible for our own insurance, the way that we did that was one of us take care of the insurance and then the other one phase out of it. That's the way that we did. And then now we're full-time entrepreneurs. So we we do pay our own health insurance. Yeah, unfortunately. Not to get into it, but that is holding a lot of people back from entrepreneurship and it's really a shame. Yeah, absolutely. It's really expensive to provide for your own insurance and it's a problem that needs to be solved mm-hmm. for sure. But today, the problem we're going to solve is how to teach you to volunteer so that you can get experience. Yes. And this is the fifth and final way to gain your first experience volunteering can really be a great way to do that. And I'm going to break down a really easy two-part framework that you can think about and then therefore get volunteering work. So either way that you cut it, you are doing free work, right? That's what volunteering is. You're doing free work. So then the only question after that is, are you going to do free work before or after a person or organization that you're doing the free work for has agreed to work. Ah, Are you just going to take action or are you going to wait until you get consent? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. So doing free work after an organization has agreed to work with you, I'm going to start there first. That is the traditional route to go. So think you go to church and you say, I would love to volunteer to watch kids in the nursery something like that. I would love to volunteer to do the meal handouts on Thanksgiving. And then the organizer says, yes, that sounds good. We need more hands in whatever department. We need more people to do whatever it is that you're asked to do. And then you go and give your labor for free. So that is the traditional way of volunteering. So for this, regarding experience, it doesn't necessarily have to be for a nonprofit, right? Even though it's volunteering, it can be for a for-profit company. That's totally fine. It just needs to be a company or an organization or a person that is doing the thing that you want to do. And therefore you can gain experience in that thing. So let's just say a marketing agency, you want to work for a marketing agency eventually, and you need to get marketing experience, you could go up to a marketing agency and be like, Hey, I would love to volunteer and help you do some campaigns. Do you think that you could use my help? Boom. Perfect. I mean, it's not a nonprofit, but it's okay. And you're just going to do free work for them. Another good example would be if you want to start building websites, you want to be a web dev, you would just go to new restaurants in the area around you because restaurants always need websites. They're usually terrible and they usually don't have any money. So just go to the restaurants and say, hey, I will build your website if you are a reference for me and you let me use this as an example in my portfolio. Or you could just build the website and then go into the restaurant and find the owner and say, hey, I built this website for you. Will you use it? And in exchange, will you give me a reference? Absolutely. And so you're jumping ahead. That is going to be the doing free work before, right? So like I said, it's a two-part framework for thinking about volunteer work. It is before the organization or person has agreed to work with you 
or after. So after is the traditional route. Hey, can I do free work for you? Can I volunteer doing X? And then they agree and then you do X. Before is gonna be exactly what you just said, which is you are just going to do X and then you are going to go to this person and say, hey, do you want X? I already did it. And then they'll be like, yeah, sure. And be like, what's the catch? And be like, no catch. I just need to learn this business. Here it is for free. And you give it to them and be like, I would love to come on and continue to do this work for you for free for 30 days. Going to them with work that you've already done is the best way to prove that you are not going to be a burden on them and that you can provide value even though you're volunteering. Because even though you're providing free work, it is going to suck up their time and their resources to train you. You knowing that and you showing them that before is huge. Be like, look, I know that it's going to take time for me to learn. And I know that it's going to take time away from your day. I'm working on other things to train me to do these free things for you. But here you go. I made this website. Could you use it? Yeah. It's basically just instead of volunteering to do what people think they need done, you volunteer to do what you think they need done. And so it shows a dynamic thought on your part. And also you can choose to use your skills in order to do those things, especially skills you're trying to learn or showcase. Yeah, absolutely. And this is super useful for companies because if they like your work, they might just keep you on. That happens more than people realize. Especially for smaller companies, it goes back to the business owner, the person running it. Too busy. Incredibly busy. And they're like, I don't want to onboard anybody. I don't want to have to interview people. Yeah. Think about what you need to tell and how you need to train somebody versus, oh, well, this guy just did it. So, I mean, he can do it. You can see the evidence right here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And those were the five ways that you can gain experience right now. And like I said, it might be you that needs to gain your first experience. It could be your child that wants to gain their first experience. It doesn't matter. This will work for people that are advanced in their careers and people that are just, just starting out. All right. So real quick, just to recap, our five ways to get experience. Number one, get a job, get experience that way. Number two, find apprenticeship or on-the-job training and gain experience that way. Number three is going to be sign up for a course or boot camp with an experience element to it. Number four is going to be contract work. And number five is going to be volunteer, do free work. That's all we got for this episode, folks. But if you want to get more degree-free tips on how to get hired, degree-free friendly companies you need to know about, and more interesting degree-free news. Go ahead and sign up at degreefree.co forward slash newsletter to get our free weekly newsletter delivered to your inbox. Yep. And that's pretty much it for this week. Until next time, aloha guys.